Welcome to the Church in the Peak podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, visit churchinthepeak.org or come join us at 10.30am every Sunday. Phil, you're on. So I'll pray for Phil. Thank you, Lord, for your presence with us this morning. And we just pray right now, Lord Jesus, you would anoint Phil to bring us your word. We want to hear from you this morning. What is on your heart, Lord? I pray Phil would just speak to us and bring us your word. May it be food for our souls this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Morning, everybody. Great to see some visitors here. It's slightly scary when people come in and say, I recognize you. I've seen you somewhere before. That's a bit scary, but uh, it's great to have you with us. So I'm starting off this morning. Um, I got, as Peter reminded me this morning, I got 48 hours notice for this talk. So, um, <laughs> Why are you nodding so much, Julia? It's my own fault. <laughs> I see, okay, fair enough. So where do we start off a term? Where do we go? And I've been carrying something on my heart over the summer, a number of things, and this will lead into what I want to preach in a few weeks' time as well. Um, so I just want to lift our heads a bit this morning to look up and uh, even worship this morning has just helped us do that. I want us to look at what it is to believe that God is good. See, I believe that we're entering... A time when we're going to see more of the goodness of God than we've known before. Particularly as a church, I felt that. I felt God wants to do some things that we've not seen before. I feel we're going to experience things that we've never known. And as we've stepped out a bit and go into Harlem Mill, we want to go back into Bakewell as well, which we're praying about and looking to. Because actually, we had a prophetic word. I reminded this week I was praying. We had a prophetic word some years ago that said, don't be afraid to spread yourselves too thin. And it feels a bit like that's what you do when you start kind of doing multi-site church and new places. You feel like you're spreading yourself a bit thin. But actually, in the goodness of God, we'll have everything we need because he will provide for us. So, start off with a question. Do you believe God is good and he intends good for your life? I might as well sit down then, shut up. Because <laughs> actually, or is your understanding uh, about God being good affected by your current circumstances and your situation in your life? Because I think it is. I think, yeah, God's good when everything's good. And he's not quite so good when everything's not so good in our lives. When things are difficult, when we find hardship, when we go through difficult things, when we maybe lose our job or we lose a loved one, maybe when you're doing a house renovation, it's not going as you planned it to be, whatever it might be, you know, if it's not going good, you can't think, well, where is God in all of this? I'm sp- he's supposed to be good, but I don't see any good in my life. And we can so easily get trapped into that. So is it based on, is your belief based on how you feel or is it based on truth of the word of God the Bible's full of the goodness of God I haven't got time well I'd have to read the whole Bible for you to get 
the goodness of God. We'd have to read every passage because there's so much in there about the goodness of God. I want to encourage you to actually go away and look at some of that today, after today, because if you just go on the Bible app on your phone, if you've got it, if you haven't got it, Bible app on your phone, there's at least two dozen reading plans on the goodness of God. At least two dozen. So you could work through, that's probably a whole year's worth of reading plan just on the goodness of God out the Bible. I want to encourage you to go and look at it and read it. just want to think about someone who suffered and yet knew the goodness of God. And if you go back to Genesis and you think of Joseph, and we know most of us, if not all of us, know the story of Joseph, don't we? How his brothers treated him and they sold him off, they got rid of him, he ended up in prison and uh, he had such a difficult journey of life How could you say that God was good? How would you say, if you'd lived his life, could you say that God was good? When you suffered, you were in prison for 13 years for something you never actually did, that you were accused of um, going after the king's wife when actually you didn't. All those things that happened to him. And yet at the end of the story, the end of his life, when he's feeding the people of Israel... He say to his brothers, what you meant for evil, God used for good. And sometimes we don't see it until the end. But we can live in belief. We can live in faith. We can live trusting and believing that actually what God has planned for us is good. Now you might have had circumstances that have gone wrong and you think, why did that go wrong? It seemed to be so good, and yet it all went so wrong. And actually, you don't know, though, what God saved you from down the line of that changing, that circumstance, that situation changing. You don't know what God saved you from. You only look at the, the, the here and now. It's almost like a jigsaw puzzle where we, we get a few pieces, don't we, of our life. We get a few uh, glimpses, but actually God sees the complete picture. And we don't. He knows what it looks like at the end of the day. We have no idea. We just get these little bits and you try and fit the pieces together and they don't always work, don't they? They don't always seem to fit. I don't particularly enjoy doing jigsaws. I get frustrated with them. You know, go around the edges, get the sky, get the vines, get the base, get the corners first, do all that. And it's just really hard work, actually. I, I don't find any relaxation or enjoyment in doing jigsaws. I just find it a bit frustrating. Because you don't see the picture. And even though you might have the picture in front of you, the little bits don't match the picture in front of you somehow. just don't seem to fit. And it feels like that with life sometimes. The pieces we have don't seem to fit. They don't seem to come together. But I want to encourage you this morning. For This is what it says in Psalm 84, verse 11. For the Lord is our sun and our shield. He gives us grace and glory. The Lord will uphold... Will will withhold no good thing from those who do what is right. God will not withhold anything good from his people. He'll not withhold anything good. It might not look good to us. Our situation, our circumstance may not look good, but God's got good stuff. God is love, and his very nature is goodness. It's who he is. His very nature is good. 
says this in Psalm 33, verse 5, the earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. Yet you look around our world, right now even, and you can see a lot of bad, can't you? See a lot of evil. See a lot that isn't good. But the whole earth is filled with the goodness of God. It's what our perspective is, isn't it? It's what we're looking, what are the lens that we're looking through? Are we looking through the evil that goes on? Are we looking at that? Are we focusing on that? Are we focusing on not what is so great in our lives? Are we focusing on those things? Or are we focusing ourselves on him and his goodness? And so right at the start of this term, right at the start of this, kind of we, somehow church life seems to revolve around academic years. Don't know why we do that. We've all kind of seem to do that in this church. It kind of revolves around that. So at the start of this year, let's look to him and his goodness for what he's got for us for this year. He's got some good plans. Good plans for us as a people, good plans for us as a church, good plans for you individually. When we understand and we begin to understand how good God is, it changes how we then respond. It changes the way we react to situations. And having gone through a particularly difficult time in my own life, I could not even say those words that God is good. Because it just didn't feel like it. My experience wasn't God is good. My life didn't say God was good. Everything seemed to say completely the opposite. And I could not get those words out. I couldn't see. And if, if a song came on, we were singing a song in church on a Sunday, or we, it came on, I was listening to some worship, song came on, talked about or sang about the goodness of God. I couldn't sing it. Because it didn't feel true for me at that time. And really, this has been a journey for me to come to that place of actually knowing God is good no matter what the circumstance or the situation. God is good. Psalm 23, verse 6. I'll tell you, the Bible's full of it. I could come up with so many scriptures. And we know this one so well. You all know Psalm 23, don't you? You can all recite it. Weddings, funerals, any other time, you can recite this. It says this, though, in verse 6. Surely, surely, goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life. David knew it. He wrote it. We can know that too. Surely, goodness and mercy. And it's almost like it's pursuing us. Goodness pursues us. And actually, goodness, God's goodness wants to overwhelm us. It's not just about something that's pursuing from a distance and we're running off from it, trying to escape it. Actually, it comes at such a force and such a pace, it actually overwhelms us. His goodness comes and takes over us and fills us if we allow him to. If we allow that goodness to come and fill us. And David knew that in the midst of difficulties and all kinds of stuff. And you read Psalms and David's anger towards God and towards circumstance and situation is quite evident. And yet he comes out with words like this. Truth that he knew in his life. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me. Will pursue me. Be all around me. His goodness goes before us and it's behind us. It's all around us. He surrounds us in his goodness. His goodness will lead us. His goodness will follow us. And his goodness will be a shield of defense around us. God is 
good. And his goodness is for us. And we've been singing as we worship this morning. Just singing those words and just worshipping. You just know the presence of God here. And how much he loves us and he's for us. And not against us. And here's one of David's difficult moments. Psalm 27 verse 13. I'm reading this from the Amplified Version. I don't know if it's going to come up there from the Amplified Version. It says this. I would have despaired unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I would have despaired. I would. Have you been in that place? I've been in that place myself. You kind of just despair and you think, where? How? What? Why? You ask all those questions. I would have despaired had I not believed. Had I not believed. You see, when we believe truly with our heart, we begin to live it out. We live as though we're living in goodness, even though that might not necessarily be our experience or our feelings right now, or right that moment. But when we've truly believed, we live in the good of that. And David found that. He said, I could say, I, have dis- I could have despaired. And, and what does despair is? It's a combination of emotion, sadness, discouragement, feelings of desperation and wanting to quit. It's kind of despair, isn't it? You just want to give up, even give up on life when you're so despaired. But actually, no. When we know the goodness of God, when we truly believe God is good. It's his very nature. It's who he is. And he does good. You see, it doesn't depend on us. It doesn't depend. We don't bring anything to this of any value. It doesn't depend on what we've done, how we did it, how good we've been, how bad we've been. None of that. It doesn't depend on anything of us. It totally depends on him and his goodness and who he is. Psalm 145 says, You open your hand. And satisfy the desire of every living thing. God leads us with an open hand. It's not a closed hand. He's not holding back from us. He's not holding things from us and keeping his goodness from us. And only for those moments when we might accidentally get to please him. Actually, no, his goodness is always open to us. So he, he gives us healing and encouragement and blessing and strength. And even was willing to die for us. That was his open hand. That was God's open hand was to send Jesus to die for us. Gave the most precious thing to to God was his son. And he gave him freely to die for us because he loved us and he wanted to show good to us. God is good. He brings all that to us. We're out of time. So I'm going to skip through some of this. See, we need to remember he's the author and the finisher of our faith. What he started, he will complete. He started with saving you, forgiving all your sin. He started with washing you clean by the blood of Jesus. He started by rescuing you and giving you grace and mercy. That's where it started. He's going to finish that work. He's going to complete it because he's good and he can't help it. If he's the author of it, he's going to be the completer of it. Because that's who he is. That's how he is. That's what he does. So if we read in Philippians 1 verse 6, just jumps in. 
We keep on doing this, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy waiting him, he enjoyed the, cro- endured the cross, discarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honour beside God's throne. And also in Philippians says, I am certain. Sorry, that was Hebrews 12, 2. Sorry, that uh, last one I just read. Philippians 1, 8, 1, 6 says, And I am certain that God who began a good work in you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Jesus returns. He will complete it. What he started, what he's begun, it will be complete. God will do it. He'll do it for each of us. You see, God wants to restore things. He talks in Joel about the years the locusts have eaten. And actually God wants to restore those years. And we've all gone through stuff that we feel like we've been robbed, don't we? We feel like we've lost out. We feel like something's missing. Even whether it's an individual and even sometimes in church life, we feel we can get robbed of stuff. But actually God is the God of restoration. He's the God who brings it back. He's the God who adds, not just to restore what was lost, but actually adds to that and gives us increase. And I think right at this start of this term together, God wants to say, you know, it seems like this last 18 months we've been robbed of some stuff. We've been robbed of being able to be together, haven't we? We've been robbed of what it is to pray together, to worship together, to fellowship together, have fun together, party together. We've been robbed of all those things as a church family. Robbed of the opportunity even for advancing the kingdom, advancing the gospel in places that, because we haven't been able to get out there in the way that we had before. But actually God is the God of restoration. And we're all trying to restore our lives to some normality, aren't we? We're all trying to get back to something, trying to get a foreign holiday if we can get one because August has been a bit naff, hasn't it, <laughs> weather-wise? You know, you're back to school and it's going to be a glorious week this week, typical. <laughs> you know, it's how it is. And uh, feel like taking a few days off work just to enjoy some sun, uh, you know. But actually, you know, we want to get something back, don't we? We want to retrieve something. But actually, God's saying, "I've got good things. I've got good plans. I've got good things ahead that I want to give to you. It's far better than a bit of sunshine, nice weather. It's far better than I've got some good things. And as I've said." Recently, we're on, I believe we're on the edge of something new, something fresh. And I want us to press into that, and I'm going to talk about that in a few weeks' time. God has good things. that he, He's got an open hand for us. He's got an open hand for